Today, we continue our series, Creed. And what does creed mean again? It means a statement of belief. What we believe, a creed, is simply a statement of what we believe and how we live. Don't forget that part. You, you can't just say, this is what I believe. You have to show it with your behavior. We have talked about God the creator. We have talked about God the father. And last week, we talked about God the son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And today, we talk about my favorite. <laughs> my favorite person of the Trinity, God three in one, the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. The, I, I know the greed says the Holy Spirit, but when I was growing up, we learned that it was the the Holy Ghost, right? Right, right. Are you with me today? Are you with me? I mean, I sort of feel like Steve Harvey who introduced Jesus in one of his comic routines. Don't you remember? He said, I want to introduce you <laughs> to the greatest who has ever lived. <laughs> I want to introduce you to the Holy Ghost today. Let's start in Genesis. Oh, you didn't know that the Holy Ghost was present in Genesis? I know many of us think that the Holy Ghost came after Jesus left us, but the Holy Ghost has been with us since the very beginning. Genesis 1 in the New Revised Standard Version, the updated edition, reads like this. When God began to create the heavens and the earth, the earth was complete chaos and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. But when we translate this text correctly, when we translate it from the original Hebrew, this is what the text says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was complete chaos and darkness covered the face of the deep while... The Spirit of God swept over the face of the waters. That's a little different from what I read the first time, right? So it's important for us to really dig into the scriptures and see what this translation is doing and this translation is doing and to get back to the original text so that we don't miss something. Chaos, darkness, but the Spirit of God swept over the face of the waters. Now let's go to Acts chapter 1 in verse 8, and then we're going to turn over to Acts chapter 2. You may want to get out your electronic devices or uh, 
paper Bibles, physical Bibles today if you have one with you because we're going to be jumping back and forth here today. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, but. We know what but means, right? (laughs) But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them. And a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, here we are to worship. Here we are to bow down. Here we are to say that you are indeed our worthy and our holy God. And Lord, we have come (laughs) to surrender to you. We have come not to hear Jasmine, but we have come expecting a word from you. So Holy Ghost, speak. Holy Ghost, have your way. Holy Ghost, do it. And hide this, your servant, behind that old rugged cross so that everything that is said and everything that is heard comes straight from you. This is your servant's prayer. In the name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. The Apostles' Creed is the traditional way that the church universal, not just the United Methodist Church, but the church universal has said what it believes. Because humans, we like things boiled down into quippy statements and easy-to-remember thoughts. Humans like things tied up really nice in boxes and bows. We like things that we understand. And if we're honest, we like things that we can control. The Holy Spirit is not one of these things. And even though the creed helps us to name the Holy Spirit, the creed doesn't even say a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. The creed mentions the Holy Spirit twice. First, and in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Go back and listen to last week's sermon about that if if you missed it. 
who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so that way we know, even if we didn't know what the text in Genesis meant, that way we know the Holy Spirit was there before we met Jesus in the flesh. And then, after the section about Jesus, the creed says these words. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean to believe in the Holy Spirit? Because we've learned that a creed doesn't just mean words. A creed isn't just about something that we recite from rote over and over again every Sunday morning. A creed is not just about words on a page. A creed is about our lifestyle. A creed is about the way we live in the world. It's about our behavior. It's about how we love each other or not. It's about how we serve God or not. It's about what we believe in. And if people can tell what we believe just because we show up. What does it mean that we believe in the Holy Spirit? Well... Let's go back a bit. We know that that word wind in Genesis is to be translated the Spirit of God because we know that in Hebrew, my seminary classmate over here, we know that in Hebrew, the word is ruach. Yeah, it's got all that behind it. Ruach. Say that. Ruach. It's R-U-A-C-H. And it means spirit or wind. And we know that in the Old Testament, we see that word 80 or 90 times. Did you know that? That the Holy Spirit is at work so much in the Old Testament that we miss it because we think that they're just talking about wind. How many of us like wind? We don't like wind, do we? It topples things over, throws things around. You know, y'all remember when I went to the Holy Land in 2011, I almost got blown off Mount Sinai because the mighty rushing wind and my dad had to grab my backpack and save me from blowing off the mountain. We think of wind as something that destroys things. If, if it whips up too high in a tornado or a hurricane or some other natural disaster, something is going to get lost or broken. But what would happen if we shifted our thought to understanding that wind is in the business of transformation? Wind transforms things. Wind changes things. Wind moves things. <laughs> Wind urges things to get along. It cleans up stuff. It transforms in such a way that what was hit by the wind is never the same.
when we speak of the Spirit of God in our lives, we speak of the wind of transformation. This is why a whole lot of us don't want to have anything to do with the Holy Ghost, right? A whole lot of us are afraid of the Holy Spirit. We, we think it's some magic juju that we can't control. We don't understand and we don't really want to understand it. But God is saying it's important to understand the Holy Spirit so that you might understand who you are in God. The word spirit shows up about 500 times in the Bible. The Hebrew word ruach means spirit. And in the New Testament, the Greek word is pneuma. It can mean breath. It can mean air. It can mean spirit. And wind. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. During the children's sermon, we talked about the three different ways water shows up in our world. And the Trinity are the three different ways that God shows up in our world. That the Holy Spirit was present with God at the Creator and is at work in each of us at our beginning and every day of our lives, whether we recognize it or not. In the Old Testament, we learn that the Spirit shows up through enabling, strengthening, giving us wisdom and leadership. We see that the Holy Spirit rested on the kings and the judges and the prophets. The Holy Spirit rushed over entire people. The Holy Spirit rushed over Solomon when he was building the temple and leading the Israelites. In the Old Testament, we learn that the Holy Spirit speaks through us and guides us. Do you remember Isaiah 61 from last week? It, it showed up in the Gospel of Luke when Jesus was talking to his home folks in Capernaum. He said, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the poor. And in Joel... We talked about this in Sunday school this morning. Joel chapter 2 that we usually read on Ash Wednesday, God says, I will, it's a promise, I will pour out my spirit upon everyone. Don't miss that. Because the spirit was just for certain people before now. In the Old Testament, if you pay attention, the Holy Spirit only rested on kings and prophets. The Holy Spirit only rested on leaders. But here, God is saying, I am breaking down the barriers. I will pour out 
my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. This is the prophetic word that Pentecost is coming. This is the prophetic word to expect something new and different, to expect a fresh wind and a fresh fire to blow through your life and to change some things. Joel 28 is the precursor for us to know that Jesus is coming and when Jesus comes, nothing will be the same. It's the precursor to tell us that Jesus will live, Jesus will die, and Jesus will be resurrected. It's the precursor to tell us that when Jesus breathes his last breath, the temple curtain will be torn and you will no longer need a go-between to talk to the Lord. I don't know about you, but when I hear Joel 28, I get I get a little excited because I know that I know that I know that I know to expect something that God is up to something and that some things are about to change. And then we get to shift over to the New Testament. Jesus, the Savior of the world, the deliverer of all God's people, the one who's... See, y'all. Jesus calls the Spirit the paraclete. The paraclete is an advocate who intercedes on our behalf. The paraclete is the comforter and the helper of God's people. Do you remember? Jesus said, I'm out of here. (laughs) I go to prepare a place. But don't worry, the Spirit is here. And the Spirit will make sure that you know that God is with you. I leave the Holy Spirit, says Jesus. But what does Jesus also say about that? Go... Sit down together and wait for it. Y'all remember that? Elisa, he he didn't say, oh, the Holy Spirit will be around sometime, you know, just do what you do and da-da-da-da. No, no, no. He said, get together with your people. Get together with the body. Go sit down somewhere in expectation and wait for the Holy Spirit to come. See, some of us, (laughs) some of us don't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit because it means that we have to stop our daily routine. It means that there's going to be an interruption to what we want to do. It means that 
there's going to be an interruption to the plans that we have. It means that there's going to be an interruption to the way that we think things are supposed to go. You have to go somewhere, get somebody who knows Jesus, and wait for the Holy Spirit. Jesus says the Spirit will guide us into truth. Help us remember what Jesus taught us and flow like rivers of spring water within us. The New Testament teaches us that the Holy Spirit is simply God's presence within us. The Holy Spirit is God's presence within us and coming alongside us, empowering and guiding and shaping, but listen to this, those who are open to God's power. Now the Holy Spirit is here. Whether you think so or not, whether you want the Holy Ghost to be working or not, the Holy Ghost is working. But if you want to see the Holy Ghost manifest in your life, you have to be open to receiving it. See, you don't, you're not hearing me this morning. You, 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 you got real quiet there. And, and I, I think that's one of the best things I've said all day. Where is God? Where are you? Pastor, I don't, I don't, God has just left me. I don't, I don't know if, if God cares about me anymore. I don't, I don't know if God is hearing my prayers. I, 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 I don't know if God is still speaking. I mean, you know, we read in the Bible about miracles and I, I need one right now, but I don't know if God still does that. Are you open? Here's another way to say it. Are you expecting God to show up? Sometimes our need to be in charge, our need to be right, our need to do things our way, our need to name things what we want to name them, our need for things to happen on our timeline, our need to be in charge and to have things nice and tidy in a box works against the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit is available and is poured out on all of us already. God said, I will pour out the Holy Spirit on you. Pentecost came and the Holy Spirit was poured out on all of the people. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on you. The Holy Spirit has been poured out in this place. The Holy Spirit has been poured out wherever you are watching from online. The Holy Spirit 
Spirit is present whether we know it or not. The Holy Spirit is speaking whether we're listening or not. The Holy Spirit is working whether we notice it or not. The Holy Spirit is here. The question is, are you paying attention? Are you listening? Are you being still and quiet long enough to hear the word of the Lord? The Spirit speaks, leads, guides, empowers, gives us gifts to use for God's will and good in the world and uses us to do God's work in the world. But the Spirit also convicts and redirects. The Spirit will say, that's not what I told you to do. The, the Spirit will give you that feeling in your gut that says, see, mm-mm, don't go that way. <laughs> don't go there today. Don't turn right at this intersection. <laughs> You go this way every day, but today I want you to go the other way. Don't get on this train, get on the next one. And sometimes we're hard-headed and the, and the, and the Lord has to turn the light red. And we come to a screeching halt. Or, or the trains are off schedule. <laughs> or, or something's not happening and we get frustrated and mad that things aren't going our way. And we just need to pause and say, thank you, Holy Ghost. You say me from whatever's on the other end of that. How does the Holy Spirit convict us? When I was not going to answer my call to the ministry all those years ago, I was in my final year at Spelman College and we had a reunion revival at my home church, the Central Church, right down the street in Atlanta. And our old youth pastor, who you've met, the president dean at Gammon Theological Seminary, Candace Lewis, was the preacher for that night. And she preached this incredible sermon on Isaiah 6. I saw the Lord and his train filled the temple and the seraphim and the, the angels came. And, and I was like, I can't speak. And God put the coal on my lips. And then Isaiah said, well, here I am, send me. I was supposed to take the LSAT the next day. <laughs> Everybody else went to Waffle House, to the awful waffle, getting down with the get down. Cherry was there that night. And uh, I just couldn't go. So I got in my little, back then, Wayne, I had a little green Jetta stick. We were, we were rolling all the time. You remember that car, Chad? That thing was rolling. I could drive a stick like nobody else. I got home, crawled up in the bed, and I couldn't sleep. So I pulled out my LSAT study manual, going through the LSAT. It was storming that night and the light starts flashing. And I'm like, hmm? 
I got real calm. And I heard the Spirit of God say, that is not what I told you to do. Nope. I'm in this house by myself. Down here on the lake at the bottom of the hill, it's dark outside. It's just me and the creatures. I was like, okay, I must be tired. Closed my eyes, laid down. That is not what I told you to do. Okay. And then the Lord began to very clearly show me some things. You have seen people who have answered their call to ministry. You have seen people who have answered their call to ordain ministry. You have seen people answer their call to teaching ministry, to music ministry, to nonprofit ministry, to corporate ministry. You have seen people do exactly what God has created them to do. And you've seen people resist the call of God on their lives. So no matter what, you're going to do what I want you to do. Because I created you for this. But you can do it now and make it a little easier on yourself. Or you can do it the hard way (laughs) and do it later. I agree with Pastor Adam Hamilton in the series on Creed when he says... I think many Christians live spirit-deficient lives. Hear that. He says, I think many Christians live spirit-deficient lives. A bit like someone who is sleep-deprived, nutrient-deprived, or oxygen-deprived. Many Christians haven't been taught about the Spirit, nor encouraged to seek the Spirit's work in their lives. As a result, our spiritual lives are a bit anemic as we we try living the Christian life by our own power and wisdom. See, I figured out that it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me because I've been taught how to identify the voice of God in my life. I figured out that I was not going crazy, that I was not losing my mind, and that I did not need to go and visit Peachford Hospital. For those of you who are not in Atlanta, that was the the big mental health hospital back in those days. But what I figured out was it was the Holy Spirit making a correction in my life. It was the Holy Spirit convicting me of what I already knew. This was not a surprise. 
I knew that I was created to serve the Lord through ordained ministry very early in my life. And I knew it because every time we would sing or pray or worship or I would stand up on the pews and sing back to God, it was like I was in heaven. Many Christians live a spirit-deficient life. A life where we say we know Jesus. We say we believe in God. But our behavior proves that we have not had a recent encounter with the Holy Spirit. How do we know? The fruit of the Spirit. Not fruits. There's no S there. It's not plural. It's one fruit. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23 is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you're not exhibiting these fruit, your pastor knows that you have not had a recent encounter with the Holy Spirit. And not just your pastor, anybody who is mature in the faith and living in the spiritual realm knows that you do not know the faith the way you say it. It's easy to talk words. It's easy to recite the Apostles' Creed. It's easy to sing the hymns of the faith and the songs that we sang this morning. It's easy to stand up and wave your hands or clap your hands or sit in the pew and observe. But it's hard to get up every day and exude and exhibit and live joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control proof that you've had a recent encounter with the Holy Ghost. See, a lot of people think that the manifestation of the Spirit in their lives is speaking in tongues. It's not. And, and, and that comes from a Methodist who's died in the Pentecostal wool. <laughs> Uh, did you know that Pentecostalism is indeed founded through the Methodist bloodline? Pentecostals are your brothers and sisters, friends. And they founded through the Methodist bloodline because Methodists forgot who they were. They forgot that the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in their lives is indeed visible, tangible, and physical. But it's not speaking in tongues. The manifestation of speaking in tongues is a gift of the Spirit, but not the gift of the Spirit. It's not the totality of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is not some magic juju that makes us speak in other languages. The primary manifestation of the Spirit in your lives is the 
outward and visible fruit, the behavior we see coming from your life and into this world. It's okay if you can't say amen, you can say ouch. See, the the truth of the matter is, as your pastor, it doesn't make any difference to me how you praise and worship the Lord. If you go to the Braves game and sit there, yeah, awesome, then that's just who you are. And you're probably going to sit in church and you may be, you know, emotionless or whatever if, if that's who you are. But if you're one of those people who goes to the Braves game and you jumping over seats, high-fiving all the people around you, screaming, Wah! singing all the songs, you better be jumping pews in the house of the Lord. Whether you're quiet or loud. Whether you cry or you are expressionless. Whether you clap or stand or sit still. What matters is that you worship and follow the Lord in spirit and in truth. Because the worship of God is a lifestyle. It's not an event. (laughs) This is a piece of worship. This is not worship. Worship is a lifestyle. It is not an event. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, your behavior must be spirit-led. There's so much more here, (laughs) y'all. The spirit is at work all around us. In us and through us all the time. All you have to do is pay attention. Pay attention to the nudge to go and do something, to call somebody, to visit somebody, to drop them a note. And pay attention when you're not supposed to do something. When somebody in your life has been toxic and the Lord says, stop hanging out with them. Stop it. You might find yourself dead. Pay attention when that voice speaks and redirects you. When you get in the middle lane and the Lord says, get over, and then somebody comes flying past you and they would have been in your back seat. Pay attention. To that feeling in your gut that something is about to happen. Or even that someone is near. Because that means that the Spirit of God is with you in such a way that you're supposed to be doing something in response. We don't talk a lot about the supernatural work of the Spirit anymore, and I wish we did. 
The supernatural work of the Spirit that gives us deeply moving encounters with God. The supernatural working of miracles. The supernatural speaking in tongues. The supernatural insight or knowledge. The supernatural prophetic power. The supernatural help in a specific circumstance. Some people call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the mainline Protestant church today thinks it has cornered the market on the supernatural but only the Holy Ghost owns the supernatural just because you get acts of piety and mercy and service doesn't mean that you are not supposed to behave yourself into a tangible, physical, and present manifestation that the God who created you has transformed your heart. So the question today is this. Will you receive or resist the Holy Spirit? I, I need to know because, because my job is, is really to have a responsibility for your soul. And, and if you, you're going to resist the Holy Spirit, then we've really got some work to do. So, so, so will you receive or resist the Holy Spirit? Will you invite the Holy Spirit to be an active participant in your life? Before you make a decision, do you say, all right, Holy Ghost, tell me what to do? <laughs> Before you get in the car, do you say, Holy Ghost, have your way. Let no hurt, harm, or danger come to me. You drive this thing. When you pray, do you say, Holy Ghost, have your way. Not my will, but your will be done. Do you say, I surrender to you. Have, have, just do it, God. Do, do it. Do what's best for me. Do what's best for you. Do what's best for the community. It, it doesn't have to be my way. It doesn't have to be on my time. If you're going to receive the Holy Spirit, you have to invite the Holy Spirit to be at work, and you have to listen to the Holy Spirit. Send that note. Make that visit. Call that person. Even if it means you have to humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and swallow back the resentment you've been holding on for eight years and just call and say, you were on my mind. So I'm going to check on you. If you're going to receive the Holy Spirit, you've got to pay attention. Pay attention to the supernatural that is literally going on around you. It can be as big as when I was growing up, we had Wednesday night prayer meeting, and people would come to the altar rail. They would be anointed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they would get out of their wheelchairs and walk home. After being told they would never walk again. So it can be something that big. 
Or it can be something as small as God moving something out of your way that you thought was going to be there forever. Pay attention. And when you see those things, make sure you say, thank you, God. I notice it. Do it again. And finally, if you're going to receive the Holy Spirit, you have to expect the work and the power of the Spirit to show up in your life. The disciples went to the upper room. They gathered together. And in obedience, they waited. They waited, expecting the promises of God to come to fruition. See, that's what's wrong with some of our prayers. We, we pray prayers with such hesitation and what my, what my grandma would call milly mouth stuff. We say, well, you know, maybe if, if you think God, well, maybe you could. Lord, you know, maybe you could be with my friend Rory who, who's, who's, who's in a coma But see, Rory would be angry about that prayer because Rory knows God. And Rory knows how to pray with anticipation and expectation. He would be expecting us to pray, God, do it. Heal him. Take up that mat from under him and heal his body and have him walking again in the name of Jesus. You better pray it like you mean it. You better pray it with expectation. You better pray that you know that the promises of God are absolutely true in your life. Richard Smallwood wrote a song. I don't know if y'all know it or not. It's called Holy Spirit. And it says, Holy Spirit... Fall fresh on me. When's the last time that was just your prayer? Holy Spirit, fall fresh on me. It says, Lord, anoint us. And then it says, we yield all. We yield our all to thee. For we know that yokes are broken. And we know the captives are set free. So let it fall down. Fall down. Fall down on me. Ronnie, you know this song? You, you know it, um, Amber? All right, come on, somebody. Somebody sing it for me. Come on, come on, come on. It says, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes. The power power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Come on, team. The Holy Spirit. See. 
down, fall down, fall down, fall down, fall down. Come on, y'all. Stand up and receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit this morning. Stand up and receive a fresh wind in your life. Stand up and receive fresh power in your life. Stand up and rebuke the things that need to go and invite the things that need to come. Do it with power. Do it with expectation. Do it with authority and know that Know that you know that you know that God is God, and the Holy Ghost is with you, and the Holy Ghost is at work in you and through you. Stop walking around here like you've been defeated. Stop walking around here like you have facing the end. Stop walking around here like all is lost. You better walk around here like you have the power of the Holy Ghost in you. Fall down. Fall down, down, down on me. Fall down, fall down, fall down, fall down, down on me. Fall down. You better ask for what you need right now right now while the spirit is moving ask right now in expectation knowing that you know that you know that God is already at work that God is already answering your prayers and that God just wants you to receive the Holy Spirit in a new and a fresh way. Don't resist it because you don't understand it. You're not gonna understand all the things of God. God is not a human like us. You will not understand all the things of God. But if you receive the Holy Spirit, you will grow in the faith and you will begin to receive an understanding like you have never received before. Holy Ghost, have your way. Holy Ghost, thank you for this time to lean into you. Holy Ghost, we say every Sunday morning and other days that we receive you. We believe in the Holy Spirit. So help us, oh God, to receive you in a fresh way. A way in which we have never received you before, oh God. Help us to trust you. To recognize your voice. And to follow your lead. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen.